Thanks, guys. Morning. Morning, everybody. Um, lovely to be with you guys um, and to see all your faces. Uh, can, while we, while we um, just wait maybe for a few more people to come in, I would love it if you can turn to the person next to you and just tell them something you're thankful to God about. Just, I, this will set us up for when we're about to worship here. Okay, so just you can log this, but it's good for us to get our Thanksgiving muscles stretching. So just turn to the person next to you and just say, this is something I'm thankful about. This is something I'm thankful to God for. Let's get our worship muscles stretching. I'm looking for happy faces as we're being thankful. I'm just saying, oh yeah, PK, very, very good. Very good happy face. <clears throat> this is going to set us up for when we worship in a minute. We're going to be thankful to Jesus. So much to be thankful for, isn't there? God is so good. God is so, so good. All right, guys, I'm so excited about this morning. I want, to, I want to tell you why, because I'm going, to, I'm going to speak to you about worship, and the reason I'm excited about this is because uh, God is speaking to us as a church about worship. So this morning, we are responding to what God is already speaking to us about, which always fills me with exciting, excitement, because we're getting on the back of what God is already saying. And so I want you guys to be excited about this morning, and I want to start, Caroline, I wonder if you can come and share your dream, because... On New Year's Day, I think it was, Caroline, you woke up with this dream, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to encourage us. All right, great. I think some of you may have already heard it in some form or another, but, um, but it felt really significant to me because it was, um, it was New Year's Day. It was New Year. God often speaks to me through dreams. Um, it happened loads in the Bible. He gave lots of guidance um, in the Bible through dreams, and so um, that's one of the ways that he talks to me. Um, so I woke up New Year's Day having had a dream that Simon and me and our um, son Caleb were in Spain and we were visiting a church and this church was showing us around their new building and the building, um, I'm, I'm an interior designer, I love architecture so a lot of my dreams are about that because God speaks to us in, in the language that we can understand. Um, and so in, in this building, um, the, the actual building, the architect had made it years and years before, and he had built the actual building around um, an old battleship. And um, so the battleship was actually in the fiber of the building. And um, the people were saying as we were going around this building, um, it's just amazing that the battleship is there in the walls because it means that we're... Um, that, that it's like bulletproof, it's bombproof. You know, they felt really safe in this building. And as we toured around the building, the very front, um, which um, maybe it's the helm, I'm not really good with my 
boat. Um, but I kept calling it a cockpit. <laughs> um, it was the very front of the boat um, where the captain would have been. Um, that had been made into um, a music studio. And it's where they made their worship, recorded their worship, exported their worship. And all the music equipment in there was like this vintage music equipment. My son, who's a music producer in real life, was like, whoa, this is amazing. That You know, he was so excited about all the, all the equipment. It was really high quality, but vintage. And in the dream, I kept saying, this makes so much sense. We're going to win the war with worship. We've got to lead into the battle with worship. We're going to win the war with worship. And I just woke up with this really strong um, feeling. Um, it was kind of like four things, and I wrote them down because I want to remember them. Um, that, that worship is our strategy. It's the way that we're going to win the war. It's our strategy. Um, it's also um, our sense of safety in the battle. It's, um, that's where we're going to find our safety in the war. And also that it's our legacy. This dream was multi-generational, not just that my son was there, but there was lots more in the dream. It was multi-generational. It's our legacy. It's our inheritance, and it's what we have to leave behind. Wow. So good. Well, what's, ex what's exciting for me is that um, I was asked to speak in this meeting before Christmas, and it was a, you, you get to choose, preacher's choice, which is my favorite. And I started to ask God, God, what do you want me to speak about in this meeting? And I did, obviously that dream happened on New Year's Day, and I felt God start to speak to me about speaking on worship. And then, later on, I found out that at the 10.30 meeting over at the uni, Jules Burt is speaking today, and she had been asked, unbeknownst to me, to speak on worship. So God is speaking to us guys about worship and so we are going to lean into what he is saying this morning and you know it doesn't surprise me at all that God is speaking to us about worship because I think the enemy has had a field day over the last few years of causing many Christians to shrink on the inside. I think through COVID lockdowns, what's going on in this nation, what's going on across the world, there is so much fear being sown and so much focus on fear and darkness. And if the enemy can get us to focus on everything that's wrong, all of that stuff gets really big and God gets smaller. And if we focus that way over time, what happens is faith starts to get eroded, our hope starts to get robbed, and we settle for way less than what's possible with God. But if we worship, we look up. When we worship, we lift our eyes and we remember who God is and we remember what he's able to do and we remember what he's promised us and we remember what's still to come. And if we fix our eyes on him and worship, faith starts to stir in our spirit. Actually, worship changes everything because it gives us his perspective. And when we worship, our spirits and our souls expand and hope stirs in us. And so I think this is really a significant season for us guys where the Father wants to come and lift the lid off of us. As we worship, he wants to lift off weariness and unbelief and all that stuff because he wants to put faith back in us as we look at him. And so I want this morning to look at how do we grow in confidence in our worship? I think sometimes we can take things for granted and rock up at church and think, well, of course everyone knows how to worship. But I want to actually teach into it this morning and give us confidence in our worship and then we are going to worship and see what Jesus wants to do.
So we're going to look at Psalm 100, verses 1 to 5. It's on the screen. Who would like to come and read this for me? Any volunteers? Want to quickly come and read this from the mic? Come on then, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Go for it. What a lovely necklace. Thank you. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanks. With thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his unfaithfulness continues to each generation. Brilliant, thank you. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Now, there are so many things I could pull out of this psalm about worship, but I only want to focus on one verse, which is verse 4, which says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. And actually, I'm actually going to shrink it down a little bit more because I'm just going to focus on one word, and the word is praise. I want us to talk this morning about praise and understand what does it mean for us? What does it look like? What is it? Obviously, in this verse, the psalmist is using imagery of someone going to the temple to worship. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise. But there is a really helpful principle for us to understand as we gather to worship together corporately, and it's this. Praise is a brilliant starting point. Praise is the place to start. When we praise, we remember who God is. We look up and we remember who he is and everything he's done, all that he's going to do, and we respond to who he is and a response comes out of us in praise and I don't know about you but ultimately I'm wanting to get to the holy of holies if we use the temple analogy I want to get into the holy of holies I want to get to a place when we worship where there's just incredible intimacy where you can feel the presence of God come in the room where you can hear his voice and you know intimacy with him and closeness with him and you feel his presence and his glory comes and he does the stuff that only he can do. That's what we want to get to. And obviously the truth is that because of Jesus, we can get there immediately. You know that, don't you? We can, we can in an instant be in the holy of holies because there's no more separation for us. That should make you happy. That's mind-blowing that we can come right into God's presence in an instant. But my experience is that often in times of worship, there's more of a journey into God's presence. And the starting point is praise. So, what does praise look like? How do we do it? I want to look at seven words in the Bible that in our Bibles are all translated praise, but in the original language, there's so much more rich meaning to them. And this is not an exhaustive list, okay? I'm not going to give you seven things and that's it, tick, 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 and there's nothing else that praise could look like. But I want to give us a taste, a flavor of what praise might look like when we come together on a Sunday. Are you guys ready? There's seven, which is obviously a good, good number, good, perfect number here. So, first one, first word for praise. And I'm, if, if, you are, if you are good at pronouncing these words, I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong. But that's okay. So the first word, Barak. 
The first word for praise, barak, to kneel or to bow down in adoration. It's a humble position before God. What I love about this word and other words that we're going to look at is that praising God involves our bodies. Praising God involves our bodies. Barak says nothing about singing or words coming out of our mouths, but rather it's about a posture of our body towards God. So when we kneel, if we lay down, if we bow, all of that is praise. Isn't that amazing? All of that is praise to him. That's the first word. Second word, yada. I'm, pre- I'm definitely sure I've got that wrong. But yada, to throw out the hand, to worship with an extended hand, to lift the hands. Again, yada is about praising God with our bodies. When we come to worship God, it's, it's more than, than singing songs to music. Our bodies are involved as we praise. And I remember um, when I was... When I first came to the King's Arms, years ago now, I was not from um, a church background where we worshipped like we worship here. And I remember coming into the room and watching all these people praise God and watching lots of people lifting their hands in worship. And I remember thinking to myself, what on earth are they doing? Anyone else relate to this? Maybe you don't want to say but I used to think, "What, what is going on here? I had no idea what was happening. But as I kept going to the King's Arms week after week, there was this stirring in my heart to want to express my love to God with my body. And I didn't really understand it, but I wanted to start to lift my hands in worship. But I was so full of fear that I couldn't do it. I I was so riddled with the fear of what people were going to think. And I thought to myself, if I put my hands in the air, everyone's going to see me. They're all going to look at me. What am I going to look like? This is going to be so embarrassing. And so, guys, I kid you not, But I used to, in my bedroom at home, practice different hand positions in front of the mirror to see what I looked like. I did. I was so embarrassed and so nervous about people seeing me. I used to practice. If I do this, it's going to look like that. If I do, what position should I put my hand in? And and then I remember the Sunday that came around where I plucked up enough courage. I was so fearful. My heart was racing. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it any minute. And I remember the Sunday, I actually raised my hand to my hip. It was so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, it's radical. And I brought my hand to my hip and I thought, okay, I've done it. I've done it. And I mean, it was so funny. God was doing so much in my heart in terms of freedom from fear of what people thought of me. But it was amazing. It was amazing to push through that fear and Now I am a lot freer with expressing my love to Jesus with my hands being flung in the air. I I love that yada means to throw the hand out and extended hands. To me that sounds like there's some oomph and strength behind it. In fact, why don't we just all do it right now. Why don't you just, where you are, stick both, extend both hands in the air. Let's just have a little practice run. Everybody, lift your hands. Extend, not stretch, Simon. Uh, okay, just have a little look for me. Uh, what does this scene remind you of with a little bit of clapping and chanting? What, no, what does this, what does this make you think of? Football, 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 yes. Football stadiums. As I was preparing this, I thought to myself, I think the, the place I have seen the most genuine, well, I don't know if that's genuine is not the right word, the most, uh, best example of Yada praise is when people, football fans are at a football stadium 
praising their teams. Would you guys agree? Loads and loads of people, lots of them guys, flinging their arms out in celebration of people running around on the pitch. PK's loving this analogy. It's powerful, isn't it? But I, I want to provoke us this morning because I don't know about you, but I long for that kind of exuberance in the church. Anybody else? And I just want to provoke us this morning and say this. If our yada of our sports team when we're in a football stadium is more expressive and exuberant than our yada of Jesus Christ when we're in the church, we've got a problem. I'm just going to say that again, guys. Let's make sure people are alive in this room. If our yada of a football team in a football stadium is more expressive and more exuberant than our yada of Jesus on a Sunday in church, we've got a problem. Because there is no contest when it comes to what is most, who is most worthy of praise and adoration. Of course it's him. Of course it's him. And so I want to provoke us. Provoke us to think about that. That was number two. Number three, Toda. An extension of the hand in adoration or acceptance. It comes from an attitude of praising God before the fact. Thanking God for things not yet received. And what's interesting is, this word for praise is used in Psalm 100. So when we've just read, enter his gates with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise, this is the word being used. Praise God before the fact. Thanking him for things you haven't yet received. And I think sometimes our barrier when it comes to praising God is that we think it's meant to flow out all the time of how we're feeling. As if we're having a tough time or life is difficult, we're walking through challenges, we feel like we're in a storm, we're in a valley. We think we don't, it's difficult for us to praise because we want our praise to be authentic and real. We don't want to be fake when we come to praise. And I just want to say, this is a church family where you, are, you can come and totally fall apart and that is totally okay. If you are having a really, really tough time, I want you to know that you can be completely free here to be yourself and to fall apart. And we will gather around you. And we, I've got one in my pocket. I just forget because I get too excited. We will gather around you and we will support you and we will love you. So what I'm not saying is that Toda praises, you just deny that anything's hard. It's good to be honest about it. That's where you get your healing. But what I am saying is that sometimes praise will look like Toda and we, are, we need to praise him in spite of our circumstances before we've got the answers. And the truth is that praising him when we don't feel like it is not fake, it's faith. This is actually where the warfare happens, guys. When we choose to praise, when we haven't seen the breakthrough we're longing for. That's, the, that's warfare. And I remember... Uh, around three years ago now when I had my uh, a meeting with a consultant at the hospital and got told that they recommended that I was to have a hysterectomy and it was news pretty much out of the blue for me it was an absolute shock and I had a lot of processing that I needed to do with lots of friends I needed to get with Jesus I had a lot of time weeping and grieving but I remember one particular time when I was in my bedroom and uh, I was just talking to Jesus about the surgery that was coming up again and 
and crying and expressing how I was feeling about it, I remembered a story I'd heard of a guy who'd been in a valley season and he'd intentionally got this chair and sat it down opposite him and he'd said to the enemy, you sit there and you're going to watch me worship God. And I was kneeling on my bedroom floor and I remembered this story and I've got a chair in my room. And so I thought to myself, enemy, you sit there, you're going to watch me worship God. And I started to sing. I started to sing. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the king is alive. And I just started to sing. And what I did is I stuck a spiritual stake in the ground. And I said, even though I'm walking through this valley and it's hard and I don't understand, I am not going to come under this rubbish. I am not going to doubt who God is. I'm going to worship. Even in spite of the circumstance, I'm going to praise him. That's Toda. You guys all right? Shabbat, Shabbat or Shabbat. To address in a loud tone, a loud adoration, a shout. Proclaim with a loud voice. The attitude of putting your whole being into it. An attitude of being totally uninhibited. Notice we still haven't got to songs yet. Okay? Sometimes praise is about a loud shout. It's like your body and your singing can't express what starts to bubble up inside you and you're, you just have to shout out this praise to God. It's like, it's like a volcano brewing. You're like, my song, this song is not enough. I've got more in me. Rah! And it's a shout of praise to Jesus. I, um, it's interesting, I was speaking to a guy in our church called Phil Cox recently and he was telling me about the best worship time he'd ever been in was when a load of men, thousands of men at this conference were worshipping God and the guy at the front said, right guys, after three, we're going to let out a shout to God. And he's, he, I was talking to him, he said it was like, this, like his goosebumps just went up on his arms because it was like this like wall of shouting from these guys and, then, and expressing their love to Jesus. And um, me being me, uh, I, I replied to him and said, why don't you do that on a Sunday? Where's your shout on a Sunday? And uh, I've been a bit cheeky. But it was a really interesting conversation because he said he's wanting to respect other people in the room and make sure he's, he's got, he would have a very loud, boomy shout. He said, I don't want to freak people out, which I thought was super respectful and good. But I also did have a reflection for him, and, it, and it's this. I think we have got to be mindful of other people in the room when we're praising. So when you extend your hand, just make sure no, you don't want to hit people in the face. Too. You've, got to, you've got to move around maybe to get some room. Or even times like, it's very awkward sometimes when people kneel down in their worship because they don't realise their underwear is hanging out. You've got to be aware of what's happening. Okay, We've got to be thoughtful about people. And so, but what I, what I long for in this church family is that everybody can praise God in the way that they want to praise God. That, that no one has to feel like they have to tone down their praise of God to make everyone else okay. The Bible talks about us worshipping with him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And so I just want to encourage us not to tone down our passion for Jesus. The hosts are here to explain anything that doesn't make sense to people. 
I want us to be a place where we are completely free to express our love to Jesus. And it is vulnerable to shout out in worship. It does take courage. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but certainly when I shout out in worship, I have to wrestle with things like, oh, Wendy, you're being too loud, you're being too exuberant, you're being too passionate about Jesus, you're drawing attention to yourself, you're cutting across the song. All of these things wrestle in my heart. But then I have to remember the story of the woman with the alabaster jar. I love that story where she brought this really expensive perfume and just wasted it on Jesus. And the disciples in the room rebuked her, but Jesus said it was beautiful. I don't know about you, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for Jesus, Jesus' stamp of this is beautiful to me when I praise him. Number five, halal. Halal, it's the start of the word hallelujah. To be clear, to shine, to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate. I love the word clamorously here. Clamorously means in a manner that attracts attention. (laughs) Praise in a manner that attracts attention. Think David dancing before the ark. That's, that's that kind of praise. And I'm not really sure what to, more to add here, apart from to say that sometimes our praise doesn't make sense. It, it seems foolish and extravagant and over the top and showy. Like a few, a few months ago, I was in a worship time uh, in the 9.30 meeting, lovely time of worship, and I was just enjoying Jesus and I felt the Holy Spirit whisper in my ear, I want you to stand on your chair. And I was like, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. And I said to my friend Amanda, Amanda, I think God's just told me to stand on my chair. And I was hoping that she was going to be like, that's a silly idea. But she was like, oh, great, go on, go on then. So I, I very tentatively, I was just at the front there where Joe is, got up on my chair and just like, okay, I don't know why I'm doing this. And it, it will look foolish to the rest of the room. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous thing. It makes no sense. But what was going on actually was that the father was looking for my obedience. Because the minute I stepped down from the chair, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper, now pray for the lady who's in the row behind you, who I knew actually was wrestling with cancer. So for me, what was going on in that moment was it was an obedience issue. The father was asking me to be obedient. Was I prepared to look foolish? Uh, that then led into the obedience of praying for this lady. This is just the journey I was on. And, you know, I don't know what your halal worship or praise will look like. You know, God might ask you to dance or wave a flag or, I don't know, might ask you to get on your chair. I don't know what he's going to ask you to do. And that's not really the point. It's not the, the point is not to look foolish for foolish sake. The point is, I think, Are we prepared to say yes to him if he prompts us in that way? Are we prepared to say yes to him if he prompts us in that way? Or will we let the fear of what people might think get in the way? It's a good provocation for us. Two more. Number six, Zamar. To touch the strings, to pluck the strings and sing along. To make music accompanied by the voice to celebrate in song and music. So this one we're familiar with, right? 
This, I think, is probably the praise we're most familiar with. I want us to notice that it's firstly about musicians praising God with their instruments. And I just want to pause here and just say to you, if you are part of the worship team, I want to encourage you to think through the lens of not just creating music when you're on the stage, but praising with your instrument. I don't even know how that happens, but I do know that there's something very powerful about music. And if you look at David again, when he played his lyre for King Saul, what happened was the the spirit that was tormenting Saul, Saul while the music was being played stopped. Peace came. Saul was refreshed. And so I think we, we should expect something spiritual to happen through the instruments, through the music. That as we play, as the musicians play, there's something spiritual that's released into the atmosphere that we should expect to see God's presence come and his kingdom come. So Zamar praise is about musicians praising God with their instruments. It's also about us singing along to what they're playing, which is what we're really used to on a Sunday, isn't it? And I absolutely love it when we worship Jesus in this way and there's nothing more to say. We're going to do it in just a minute. The last, the last word is tehila. Tehila. Uh, when I t- told my friend about this word, she was very excited. She thought it sounded like tequila which is maybe it's a good way to remember it. Tequila, but tequila. The song of praise, to sing or Lord, to sing a spontaneous new song, a song of praise and adoration. Tequila praise often happens when the planned upfront part of worship or the planned upfront song comes to an end and the music carries on while the band are working out, oh, I wonder what we're going to do next. That's the point at which Tehillah praise can come into its own. It's when we lift up a spontaneous song from our seats, just expressing our love to Jesus. And Tehillah praise is not about being a good singer or um, having a good voice. It's, it's not about those things. It's about bringing whatever you have that's in your heart out of your mouth to, to sing out praises to Jesus spontaneously. But I, I do think Tehillah praise can take practice. It, it, can, it can be difficult to pick out words that you want to say or, you know, when people are singing around you, it's difficult maybe to get the melody of what's going on. So I would encourage us to practice Tehillah praise at home. I'd encourage us, find a, an instrumental worship song and just stick it on and practice singing out your praises to Jesus. Because I think Tehillah praise can make our praise together on a Sunday so much richer. Because it means we're not depending on the band to quickly work out what they're going to do next. It's like if we're, if we're dependent on the band, we can have moments of really connecting with Jesus. And then in the middle bit, we can kind of retreat while we wait for the band. What are they going to do? What song is it going to be? Do I like this song? Am I going to enjoy it? Do I know it? And then, and then we go again into another song and we take, take um, we advance, but then we retreat in between. Tehillah praise helps us to stay in a place of moving forward, of going deeper into God's presence, because when the band fades out the song, we continue. Just going to keep loving Jesus, going to keep praising him, and then when the song comes in, it helps us to go to a whole new level. Tehillah praise is going to bring loads of richness to us.
So those are the seven words I wanted to speak through this morning. And uh, I just want to say a couple more things before we give this a go and see what Jesus wants to do. The, the first is this. As I've already said, um, this is not an exhaustive list of what praise can look like. There's so many, so many different ways to praise God. And I really don't want this to become a tick list of going through the motions. You know, we come to Sunday morning, oh, I extended my hand, tick, I've praised. Or I knelt down, tick, I've praised. Obviously, the heart of praise is meant to be our love for Jesus. All of this stuff is meant to flow out of our love for him. That's the foundation. All of it's meant to be rooted in our love for him. And so I want to encourage us to go on that journey and to keep that in our mind and in the centre of our hearts. Having said that, if you're anything like me, sometimes you rock up on a Sunday and you feel a bit flat, you feel a bit distant, you're not like bursting with love, you've got all sorts of things going on. In those instances, it's really good to make a choice to praise because what praise does is it gives us fresh revelation of Jesus and as a result of that, you fall more in love with him. That makes sense. So often it's really good, irrespective of how you're feeling, to praise him because it gives you revelation and it, pours, it causes you to love him more. And actually it's a cyclical motion. When we love him, we praise him, we see him more clearly. Wow, we love him some more. But you've just got to start somewhere. Sometimes you're not feeling the love. I'm going to praise him. Oh my gosh, I've got revelation. Oh my goodness, I love him. It's a, it's a cyclical pattern. And lastly, I just want to mention this. I am, I'm so excited it, now for us to have a go at worshipping and seeing what Jesus wants to do with a full room. I want to communicate this with loads of grace, okay, guys, so please hear my heart. But I'm excited for us. And in the 9.30, it was the same. We got to worship and start worship with a full room. And it was so fun to see the journey we were able to go on together corporately with all of us lifting our voices at the same time I just want to encourage us to be thinking about that often I don't know about you guys here but at the 9.30 we, we often start worship and the room isn't full is this okay for me to talk about this <laughs> please hear my heart and that's fine there's loads of different reasons why we might not be able to get here on time so please please don't feel pressure I don't want you to come under this pressure to, I must be there on time but if there's anything you can do to try and get here uh, so that when we start worship, we can all start worshipping with one voice all at the same time, I think it would be really fun to see how Jesus leads us. Because what ends up happening is those who are here in the room at the beginning worship are going for it, and then people walk in, which is fine, but they take a little bit of time to warm up, and so it's a bit, as opposed to all of us, I wonder what God would do if we were all here and ready to rock and roll and see what Jesus would do with us. So loads of grace with that, guys. I know there's lots of reasons why that's not always possible, but just another provocation from me. Okay. I'd love us to stand together, if that's okay. And uh, band, if you guys want to come up. What I love as well is that Katie is painting. Is, you are painting or are you drawing? She's drawing. She's drawing a picture this morning of 
the moment when you get to that place of intimacy, when you just God comes and it's and it's quiet and it's beautiful in, in worship, and and we long for that. And I, I I just thought to myself as I was prepping this morning, if we can get the praise right, we're going to get to the worship because the praise is the entry point. And so that's why we've gone after this this morning. But I just want you to focus on Jesus. You might want to close your eyes. Maybe open your hands to him because I, as before we worship, I just want to lead us in one, one last thing here. So just fix your eyes on Jesus. You might want to open your hands just to look to him. But a friend of mine um, who hears God really clearly in the church, John Strange, sent me this message this week. And he said, I, I feel like God is speaking to us at the King's Arms about repenting of passivity in worship. I also feel like God is speaking about restoring an attitude of approaching with something to give. This can be as simple as saying thank you or raising our hands, but I sense for many it will mean more than this and will be a collective choosing to step outside our comfort zones. And so I just, I just want to give us an opportunity before we, before we worship just to repent if we need to when it comes to our praise of him. I want us to come and just take a moment to, to remember that when we come to praise Him, it's all about Him and His amazingness, His goodness, His unchanging nature. That our praise of Him actually isn't to do with us, it's about Him. And sometimes we can rock up on a Sunday and think things like, am I going to like the worship? Is it going to be a song like, what about the worship leader? How is it all going to go? And there's this consumerism that can get into our hearts. And I feel like the Father just wants us to repent. Real quickly, it's not a heavy thing, but I feel like he wants, to, he wants us to come and just say, Father, I, I repent. I'm sorry for where I've made worship about me and how I'm doing rather than about you and your unchanging nature. So if that resonates with you, I just want you to do business with Jesus. Just, just If that's you, you want to repent, just put your hand on your heart with me. Put your hand on your heart. Just, just ask the Father to forgive you for how you've, how you've seen worship in the wrong light. He's so quick to rush in. Father, we just collectively repent for our wrong perspective of worship, our apathy, our, our sense of worshipping based on how we're feeling, our sense of wanting the worship to give us something rather than us coming to give you something we repent Father we ask that you forgive us and Father I want to just prophesy over us as a church family just incredible liberty and freedom in our praise of you I want to just prophesy over us space I want to prophesy over us uh, the, the, the freedom to express our love to Jesus however it bubbles out of us. I want to lift limits, Jesus. I want to lift off the lid in your precious name. I want to ask you, Father, that you would set us free to be burning ones, to be those who worship you in spirit and in truth, to be those who love you, love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Come, Holy Spirit. I just pray as we worship now, there would be a liberty that comes in this room, that we would know a freedom to express our love to you in the way that you've made us to. Come, Holy Spirit. 
provoke us, help us to be courageous. We just ask you for it, God. We want to give you a sacrifice of praise this morning. We want to give you a sacrifice of praise. We want it to cost us something, Jesus. And so we come to you. We come to you. Come, Holy Spirit. Just want to lift your, just start to lift your voices. Just start to lift your voices. Just let your voice sing out. Lift your praise to him. Lift your praise, guys. Lift your praise. Express your love. Express your love to Jesus. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Just lift your praise to him. Let's go for it. Let's see what Jesus leads us.